This episode of Super Carlin Brothers is brought to you by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Well, now, what do you think about this film, hey bro? Ooh. Well, it was a movie. I noticed that it had scenes. It did have scenes. A beginning, a middle, and end. Mm. And after the end, end. Classic Marvel. Classic Marvel. And I give it a, I give it a, I give it a rating. Same. Right. I think we're done here. We're good. Hey, brother! And welcome everyone to our spoiler Black Widow review. Cue the intro. It took longer than I expected. Yeah, seriously, play it already. There it is! Hey, brother! How'd you feel about that Marvel, Marvel-themed SCB intro there? Oh, well, I just love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So much fun, so yeah. much fun. So much fun. Okay, Black Widow. Fine, finally. Yes, yes, finally, Man. after waiting and waiting and pushing back pushing and back. all sorts of stuff and COVID and just, all this stuff. We finally, we we got to see it in a theater. In, let me, let me just talk about that first. Yeah. This is the first time back at the movies in person since COVID started. And man, I think I just forgot how much fun it is. Like how much better it is to be in a theater. How much of a difference it makes. Yeah. I, I remember uh, well, just sitting in my chair watching the previews roll. It's possible they were all just good previews, but like, everything was giving me chills. I was like, Whoa. we have to see that. Yeah, we're going. Like over in, a, there's like the new Urethra movie coming out. And I was like, wow. That was definitely the best trailer we saw. It was good. I it think was good. So. It was yeah. good. Um, but on that note, okay. So this, this, like Black Widow is like momentous because of that. You know, it's like, it's been for one, Scarlett Johansson should have had this movie a long time ago. So long ago. And I feel like, the reason she has it is because of Wonder Woman. Is that the Maybe? reason? I think so. I think I think they didn't want to do a Black Widow movie because they didn't think people would show up for like a female-led superhero movie or something. Oh. And then Wonder Woman was like, "Yeah, they will." <laughs> Good point. Yeah. I also can't get behind that thinking. At I all. can't. No, me neither. That's really. That's just so. I mean, they kept Marvel. That was. I know. Yeah. Too. Did yeah. great. So here's okay. So here's the thing. Because I I feel like my psyche going into this movie plays a role in how I received the movie. Okay. And so I feel like I want to preface with that because I do think there's a lot of stuff going on here. Black Widow was delayed and delayed and delayed. So there's a lot of anticipation for it. On top of that, we knew we were going to be getting a story that was taking place in between Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. Right. Meaning on top of everything else. No, on top in between Civil War and Infinity War. You are correct. Yes. I'm sorry. In between Civil War and Infinity War, you are correct. Point being that we are now in a new phase of Marvel and this is now taking place kind of like in right. a very- Like it's a phase four movie. Right. But it's taking immediately taking place in the past before the end chronologically of phase three. three. Yes. So yeah. that being said, and the fact that Marvel held on to this movie for so long, like they were, they was like, we're not gonna let it go before it needs to go live. Like, this is like, effective. This is, am I correct? This is the first movie of Phase Four, right? Well, let's see here, because I know that Far From Home was Far From Home the last thing that we got. Yeah. So okay, so we, but otherwise we would have WandaVision, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and Loki. Right. Which are, are I guess, also in Phase Four. So also in media. Phase Four, we've seen media. This was supposed to come out before any of those, though. Okay. Right. So. 
here's here's why I bring up all of those things. Okay. Is that my anticipation for this movie was so high. It was like I had the bar set about as high as it could go, thinking like Marvel knows that they have an ace in their hand. Mm-hmm. Like the ace of spades. Right. Even. Okay. You know, it's like like they're like, it's gonna be worth the wait. We will wait because it will be worth the wait. And when we get there, people's minds are going to melt off because what we're about to do is play a movie that took place during a time period that has already entirely been resolved. And we waited until now. We're going to we're going to blow your minds with what you didn't know. They did not. They, I, yeah, I don't think I don't think they quite had the ace of spades. They didn't. No, and I think I think that my frustration, I str- like I think I kept waiting the entire time. So we had a theory here yeah. on Super Carlin Brothers and I try my very best not to let our theories affect the way that I receive the story as it's told. Right. But let me recap it. So basically the very brief version of it and what we did see in the movie is a, a version of face swap technology. That, oh, that's the frustrating thing. Yes. Is that there was face swapping. There was. Yeah our, yeah, our theory was that before the end of Black Widow, you would have seen Yelena and Natasha completely swap characters so that, unbeknownst to you watching Endgame, it was actually Yelena disguised as Natasha who sacrificed herself. Exactly. So what what you would ultimately end up with there is a Scarlett Johansson Black Widow who does in fact die on screen and who is in fact dead. Right. But what you would get is a Florence Pugh Black Widow who also fought in New York. You know, because right, because yeah. it is the I mean, and of course, there's a suspension <clears throat> of disbelief that goes on top of the idea that, like, of course, they their bodies are physically slightly different. Yeah. You know, like they're, of course, not twins or quite literally the same person. But Florence Pugh is, in my opinion, the best part of this movie. Well, that's OK. So I agree. Florence Pugh was awesome in this movie. And I think she's the the main takeaway for like like one of the things you have to wonder about this movie when it's taking place in the past. Like what at the end of the movie did it offer the MCU at large? Cause like, as far as like Natasha's story, like it was nice to get the background information, but it didn't really like change anything. Like what, what do you gain in the MCU moving forward? Having made this movie? I and, loved it. But the answer to that question is a vest. Well, the vest is an end game, but I think what you get is Yelena. In phase four. In phase four. Yeah. At some point in time. Yeah. You're and Maybe you're right. I mean, that's that's what you get with with the that end credit scene. But yeah. let's start with the end because why not? Okay. So okay. I would say one thing that very much frustrated me about this particular movie is you get to the end credit scene and maybe even before the end credit scene, there's a scene kind of towards the end of the movie where it's established that they have like a whistle that they use. Yeah, the, oh my another. god. Yeah, they use it like once briefly earlier. Yes, and okay. And I don't think they like set it up very well and I was like, "Oh, they did the whistle again." But, eh. No, not good. Not good. Also, different conclusion could have come from the whistle, but like let me let me say, let me tell you how I would have done it. Okay, let, because let's we hear it. start this story with a young Yelena and a young Natasha mm-hmm. living in suburban Ohio, which by the way, in the opening shot, I was like, "What are they doing in Ohio?" before they even said it was Ohio and I was like, "How did I know wow. it was Ohio?" You have like an eye for Ohio. I I do have an eye for Ohio. Anyway, so here's what I think. Here's what I think. You're in the woods of Ohio. You have these two girls who 
know that they are secret agents in some capacity because we later learned that they took all of the pictures of their childhood yeah. like in the same day, like Easter and Christmas and Thanksgiving right. and all that. Like it was like a shoot day and they sat down and did all of it. And mm -hmm. Even though she knew there were no presents in the box, she was still excited to open them. Well, it's like, I think, it, so yeah, chat, like when you're seeing them as young kids, Natasha has been through the Red Room once and Yelena has not been through the Red Room at all. Okay. Right? Well, so here's what I think okay. though, is you've got these kids who have some amount of training, but I like the idea that they are like out adventuring in the woods together. And whilst they're out in the woods, they make a code for if we get separated, how do we find each other? Oh. And at that point in time, then that's the moment that like as kids, instead of doing this silly, like, you know, who can be upside down or whatever uh, moment or the fireflies, which were incredibly unrealistic. Yeah, there were way too many and they good. were all lit up. And also, I don't think bioluminescence needs to be explained as like an idea because I think people know what it is. But anyway, that's, I'm gonna get off that, that podium. I'm not that upset about that. The point is, is I think that if you're going to have this whistle thing that they have in common, that is sort of like their whatever, then establish it as them, as kids, even instead of the photograph thing, like the like tour yeah. photograph that somehow, despite the fact that she goes through the red room, the people running the red room didn't find, even though they're able to like track her, jack her brain. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I just struggle with that a little bit. And I think, so here's the thing though, was I was like, if that end credit scene is her walking over to the, to the gravestone yeah. and she puts her head against it and does the whistle and then it ends with the whistle being returned. Oh, it's then like, like, what was that? It's like, how, how, what? How? Yeah. You know, incredible. Leave it there and just be like, you be like, what was that? It's like, is Natasha alive? Did someone else know the whistle? Like, what does this mean? Yeah. Like what that would have, that would have spurned a bazillion theories about it for sure. I also, the thing, the thing, they show you the grave at the end, which I thought, you know, it was nice. It was like a cool, powerful thing you got to see Black Widow's like official grave or whatever. Yes. But they kept talking in the movie, like Natasha kept asking about like her, who her mother was, and she talks to what's his name, uh, Drakeoff, right? Yeah, yeah Drakeoff, and he's like paints this whole picture about a cemetery, and like there was a tree and it had pink blossoms on it. What was her name? Oh, right, nobody. And I was like, oh, that was pretty savage, and that was pretty mean. That was but, incredible. Yeah. But I kept thinking, like, are we gonna like because they kept asking about it? I kept thinking they were gonna give some sort of payoff, and I thought the payoff was gonna like reveal something, like was gonna pair up with the mention of her parents' name in Endgame, Endgame where Ivan. Red Skull says, yeah, your father's name was Ivan or something. She's like, I never knew that. So I thought that that's what kept making me think there was gonna be like some sort of face swap that like Yelena was gonna learn, like Natasha wasn't gonna learn her father's name, but you would see Yelena learn that her father's, that her father's name, was, name was Ivan. Yes. And then when you get, and then you know like, oh my gosh, it, they, what? Yes, 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 yeah. ex yes. That's exactly what that I thought been. was gonna happen. Or that you would have gotten to the end and seen Yelena visiting her father's grave and it was, and it says Ivan or something and you found out they were like actual, like actual literal biological sisters. Also would have been incredible. Yeah. Also like, just oh, got no. chills. Right, yeah, yes, right. yes, better. Better, I think. Well, the other thing too, okay, and as long as we're gonna harp on this as long as we possibly can, and I think that we should, it's valid, <laughs> is when when you have the scene where they find each other again as adults, having not seen each other since they were kids, yeah. they have them fighting in this room <clears throat> doing the exact same mirrored moves. Oh, like, oh this is like, such a missed opportunity 
So finish your thought. That's, I mean, that's what I mean though. It's like, it's kind of like if the idea is that ultimately in the end, we're going to have them both uh, sort of at different points in time be the same identity. Yeah. The fact that they're doing this mirror effect style of fighting, it's like, it's like even that is like visual storytelling at that point in time. It is. That is them telling you like, look, they're the same. Like they grew up together. They, they are like, mm -hmm. they are different from the other widows in some way because of their unique relationship. And yeah. that unique relationship makes them just like so inversely compatible in the way that they do right. these things. Okay, so the other thing about the mirrored fighting is I felt like it was a tremendous missed opportunity with the villain of the movie, Taskmaster, because his, sorry, her whole thing, spoilers, you've seen it, um, <laughs> is that she like, does the mimicked fighting, right? And so, and let me just say, that first uh, fight scene on the bridge where she blows up Nat in the car and you know, Nat walks out unscathed, which I'll come back to that in a second as well. But, uh, and then they have the fight where, you know, Taskmaster is just swapping between battle styles and stuff or like mimicking her every movement. It was like, it was such a cool effect. I thought they executed Taskmaster's superpower extremely really well. well. And it was like, it was really fun to watch, but so underutilized. Cause it was like, how are they going to beat this person? And it's like, the way the way you have to beat it is to like, or I think the way they often beat it in like the comics or like the cartoons or whatever is you know people will trade costumes or whatever, right? So that like, oh oh look, you thought you were fighting Spider Man, but actually it was Black Panther in the Spider Man suit, and now you used the wrong moves and they got the upper hand on you, and it's like you have someone who's mirroring their fighting, and you have someone who can nine who who can. Like, who can trick Taskmaster for long enough to lull them into the mistake. Yes. It's like, oh, yeah, you think you're fighting Nat, but actually it's Elena. And you can trick them long enough until, whoops, actually, I'm a, I'm just a wee bit different. And that was the edge we needed. Yes. And so that's that's, that's what you established earlier yeah. in this movie is Taskmaster is, is unbeatable. Like, because they can copy you so quickly, so fast, and so well that there's no beating them. Right. And then you have, like, an epic fight scene later in the movie. And instead of doing the face swap between Nat and her mom, you do the face swap between Nat and Yelena. Exactly. And at that point in time, it's sort of like, how is <clears throat> how is she beating her? How is she beating her? Incredible. So cool. How much fun. And then it's like, oh. you know, and you're like, dang. Wow. That was wow, awesome. Wow, wow, wow. Compared to, compared to, how about this? Um, a rather posh cell with a clear door. Legs swing them into it. Why don't we just. Classic Black Widow move. Why don't, why don't we just, we'll just lock <clears throat> them in there. Well, here's and, the thing. The, the cell was such a random, yeah, like, not only is Taskmaster so quickly defeated. Yes. By, like, yes. by, I'm sorry, but, like, if their power is copying the other person, like, Nat, or whoever, y Yelena uses the most signature Black Widow move on them. Yes. With, the, like, the leg sweep on the face or whatever. Right. Like, that... That's the absolute move you see coming. Right, <laughs> you know? right, right, right. Yes. And they even make fun of like Nat's sort of like, you know, yeah, like, superhero land oh, type of thing. Which was hilarious. Which, I loved that. that. It was the fact that they were like, you know, like, boop. Yeah. You know, like that was amazing. I loved it. It was spectacular. And I'm so glad that they did it. Yeah. But the, they could have even used that not only as a bit of humor in the movie, which I will commend the entire movie for fantastic deadpan humor. Yes. Um, I think that... That also could have been one of those moments where you can see that stylistic change in the classic Nat landing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like that someone could have done where instead of like you have Taskmaster 
and then right. both fall at the same time. And Taskmaster does the Nat landing because everybody knows that's what Taskmaster does or what Nat does. But then she does something else, oh, and even that ends up being like the like I didn't I didn't fall away. I always do in the cool pose. Right. It, even even that they actually set up because when Nat first fought Taskmaster on the bridge, she did the landing and right. they're like staring at each other in the pose. Right. So you could have seen it and like, that could have been the tip to you, the audience that like, she landed different. Right. Like, right, cause right. they brought a lot of attention. Uh, would have been, yeah, it seems like been. such a mistake. And then I just, it was unbelievable to me that that cell could hold Taskmaster, Taskmaster. who's in this like robot body armor suit with like a cache of retractable weapons in their backpack or whatever. Oh, that's like, what I mean, yeah. Like, I don't I don't think the shield Taskmaster had was vibranium. However, Taskmaster throws that shield down the escalator and it wedges itself into like an iron steel beam right in the bottom. And it's like, I'm sorry, but that beam is stronger than whatever glass you have on this thing. And her backpack has at least a sword in it. If she, and I just don't believe she couldn't punch her way out. I, yeah, I think you she know, just like, get her way like out. You had, and she had weapons. It wasn't like she only had to punch. She had weapons. Like, right. I don't know how she couldn't get out. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. And and okay, so you got you got like all of this. And, and there's sort of the twist with Taskmaster as well that it's sort of like, oh, it's the little girl. And we thought that like, you know, the, like the, the original, um, uh, entry to shield was sort of that mission like that oh yeah you get to know the Budapest, like what happened in Budapest, Budapest right Budapest. Budapest. Yeah. yeah uh so we learn what happens and you learn the story that nat does like effectively use uh drakoff's daughter as mm-hmm. the lure i would say ineffectively right yeah well it seems the- like the most ineffective bombing of all time <laughs> oh yeah right yeah. I mean, this is a 10-day mission we blew up an entire building we had intentional collateral damage in order to kill one person and one, failed to kill the person they were targeting and two, failed to kill the intentional collateral damage. Which is like, I'm glad they didn't kill the little girl. Of course, but like, yeah. But yeah. did they, who did, like they didn't, who, who did they kill? <laughs> right, and so I feel like the thing they were struggling with here is like, well, how do we redeem her if she's killed this little girl like, right. as a character? Uh, which I'm very curious when we learn more about Hawkeye and Clint Barton and that whole story, because he also they're, was there. They're going to have to work real dang hard to find a way to redeem him after uh, his Ronin spell yeah. in Endgame. Um, but it's also like you're the one writing the story. So if like the big thing that you are attempting to do is sort of like take the classic tax, Taskmaster character and put like a, a unique or unexpected spin on it that it is in fact... This daughter it instead did, of... It didn't seem to make much sense to me that it was his daughter because she was burned. It, it, like, that surviving the explosion gave her those abilities or something. It was just like, she survived the explosion, and now she's Taskmaster. Whoa. Oh, like, yeah, right, right, You know, right, it's like, yeah. okay. Was there a radioactive spider, too? Yeah, like, right. <laughs> yeah, like that didn't necessarily line up. for. And here's the thing. Just because Nat didn't kill her, I'm not sure how much of a redemption it is because she still tried... She still intended to... True, you know, true. she's still, it's, you know. Yeah, like, the fact that she wasn't successful at doing something awful doesn't, doesn't make it less bad. Right, right. Yeah. And guys, now we need to take a brief pause to give a huge thank you to today's sponsor, BetterHelp. Life is full of stressors. Whether you're a lifelong secret agent taking falls from helicopters and helicarriers, or simply going through high school, or entering adulthood, starting a family, or even just taking in the world around you, it's 
hard. Personally for me, my wife and I are expecting our first child later this year, but last year we went through back-to-back -back miscarriages on top of everything else. At times I was actually numb to it and at others the weight on my shoulders was quite literally crippling. I desperately needed to take that load off and that's what therapy did for me. And BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers phone, video, and even live chat features with your therapist. Meaning if you're not comfortable with it, you don't even have to see them visibly on the screen and they don't need to see you. It's much more affordable than traditional in-person therapy and you can get started with your therapist in under 48 hours. So unload those stressors, get some unbiased feedback and see what therapy might be able to do for you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp and Super Carlin Brothers viewers get 10% off their first month when you head on over to betterhelp.com super. That is B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash super for 10% off your first month. One last time, it's betterhelp.com slash super. Link is in the description down below. So, okay, but then let's talk about Drakov as uh, <clears throat> as a villain a little bit because there there are things about this character that I thought were, were very clever and then things okay. about all of it that I thought were slightly ridiculous. Okay. Um, so, one thing in particular is that he is this like big bad who has very successfully made a an incredibly dangerous group of widows <clears throat> that exist the world over. Yeah. And so like when you start to understand at the very least the kind of power that he has over planet Earth, it's substantial. It it's a we it is substantial, but like Nat immediately points out like the the great flaws like you're not working for anyone or even for any government and no one knows you're doing it. Right. So it's like, and all you do is sit in this room. So like, in what way are you, act, like, to what end are you, well, this, you know, this making is, changes? This is so frequently the question with villains in general, though. Yeah. It's like, it's like, what what do you want? Like, what are you trying to do here? Like, do you want to just be the ruler? It sounds really hard. Yeah, it's like, it's like, like I have that, the power to do all these things. And that's, yes, right. that, that's, that's the important thing. Yeah. I could, I can do whatever I want. Right, right, yeah. right, yeah. And and so I think that there's sort of like that idea that he's he doesn't have like elected power where, you know, somebody could then choose not to elect him. He's got like the behind the scenes power, like he's pulling all the levers and making these things happen. So at the very least, I will give that interesting. What I won't give interesting is the fact that he, how, how did he stay hidden for so long? Oh, this is how he stays above the radar. A floating city that nobody can detect. Oh. I don't think that's how floating cities work. Yeah, it was like it's it's the the floating base of the sky was a little bit silly because for for one just because the technology available to the Avengers and Shield and stuff before this because he's apparently been floating up there since like 1995 or something. Yeah, right? when Nat's a kid. Yeah. yeah, like when Nat's a kid, uh, for a long time at least since Shield has had the helicarriers. Right. I mean, I know Shield is gone by the time of this movie, but like. How did they not know? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. it's not like, it's not like it's so high above that it's, there's still satellites even higher. They're not like in space. They're just in the clouds. They're just in the clouds. Which, like, you know, like low orbit at best. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, which, by the way. Which, by the way. Okay. Uh, one thing I did like is that early in the movie, they are like going out of their way to let you know, like, how vicious the widows are. 
Oh yeah. Like it's yeah. like very violent. Like they're hitting stuff hard. You can see broken limbs. Like the punches are like what like cause you know they're not super powered, but they're sort of like adding sort of superpower like punches to them. And you're like, man, these people are just strong. Yeah. 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 Which was cool. However, the amount of like I'm gonna say like fatal it was like fatally non-fatal. You know, like they passed the point of like like Nat falls down a building and like hits four things on the way down. You're like, oh, good thing she hit those things. That slowed her fall, so she didn't get hurt. But it's like, yeah, this is not Aladdin jumping off the roof into yeah, a fruit stand. Like the amount of abuse Nat and Yelena take throughout the movie is like beyond the suspension of disbelief. It's yes, like, you like they're just never hurt, it, just ever. Not like, enough. Like not enough. Nat yeah. falls from low orbit to the ground. And pulls a parachute, like, I don't know, 20 feet in the air. Right. Like, if you pull a parachute at the intended location, there's still a good chance you're going to hit the ground a little hard. Yes. Yeah. You know? I mean, I would say, best case scenario, you don't die in that situation. Yeah. But, like, absolute scenario is you broke your legs. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. from from landing from, from that particular fall. Not to yeah. mention, it's not like she hasn't, over the course of however much time has passed, taking just massive abuse. Like, yeah. you wrecked your bike this past weekend, and yeah, that was like one fall on the ground yeah. at like medium speed. Yeah. And it was like massively. Yes, it's know. been massively inconvenient. I'm in horrible pain right now. <laughs> while, if while you asked here. me to go run a hundred yards, I'd be like, I don't know. I don't I, think I can I, do it right like, now. I could do it, but like, at the end, I'm gonna be like, ugh. Would you mm. jump out of the helicarrier? Uh, probably not. Okay, okay. Yeah. So. All that to say, though, let's talk okay. about, yeah, so Dracoff. Because the other thing that they have about him is this sort of, like, pheromone uh, The pheromone idea. blocker. The pheromone yeah. blocker. And so, like, there's this, this really weird thing that happens where, you know, Nat basically goes to try to strike him mm -hmm. and physically cannot. Right. Like, can pull out a gun, cannot shoot. Right. Uh, and it's kind of like, that is, like, when you start to think about the fact that all of these widows are being, like, biologically, chemically, psychologically manipulated from such a young age. Yeah. It's like, that is a very interesting kind of like um, safety to put on these people that like, that they cannot harm you up close. Like, yeah, like, I mean, like, can you have I, just taken 10 steps backwards? I I can I can buy that he's in that room like basically all day, every day, and maybe the entire room is filled with his scent or something by this point. Sure. Mate, like I could get on board. Like, that, I, inside, I agree with that. That's fine. Inside this room, maybe. However, you then you have the mom character, Melina, whoever Rachel Weiss is playing. Yeah. Yeah. Um she's like very aware of the pheromone blocker because she tells Nat about it. Right. And she's obviously anti-Drakeoff. And like, she's like, yeah, it's even on me. I can't do it. And it's like, right, right, okay. So you know the problem is you can't be near him, right? But like, certainly you're like one of the most highly trained assassins on the planet. When you see Nat and Elena and Alexi coming, you're literally watching them through a sniper rifle or through like a, you know. Right, right, yeah. Like, like a long distance like weapon. Like, just, just, you know. Like yeah. you can hit him from a distance. Like, this is this is, this is within your skill set. Yes, you can you can do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, and that's that's the thing too. And because the the grand solution is just literally like break the 
my nose. Sever the nerve. Yeah, sever the nerve or whatever. Which I feel like they have enough technology in that room, like they could just also be like smell blockers or something. You could just put filters in your nose or yeah, something. Yeah. You know, and they're like, no, 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 no. Face swapping technology, yes. Scent blocking, impossible. We can't do it. Can't do it, you'll have to break your nose. <laughs> the tech is not ready, unfortunately. Okay, so let me let me complain more. Okay. Um. So the other thing is that I feel like one of the very desperate things is <clears throat> the widows are victims of this situation. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. They are taken as children. It is not their fault that they are being put in this situation. Like I said, they've been biologically, psychologically, chemically, like, yeah, manipulated warped. and conditioned and yes, yeah. it's so it, I do agree that having them be the, you know, the the stormtroopers, the faceless enemy or whatever would be bad because realistically it's not their fault. Um I do think the reset that they have operates in kind of an odd way because I feel like it assumes that they had normal adult lives and then they were manipulated and chemically taken right. over tracker jackered and then the antidote brings them back to where they were here but that's not really the case so yeah. clearing their head they should be a f like now like, capable of free will but they've also been conditioned since they were like five right you know it's like yeah like how how capable were they of understanding the their like own victimhood yes like, like they, they wouldn't, well, you would still have been exposed to propaganda your entire life. So right. you are not now chemically tracked, like, you know, yeah. tracker jacked or whatever, uh, but you probably are still just psychologically. It's, I mean, yeah, I know what you mean. I think it's like the the moment they smell that stuff, they're like, whoo, all right, that was, that, that guy's bad news, let's kill him. Right, the last thing I remembered, I was at a coffee shop. What am I doing here in the tundra? Right. Um, yeah, so there, there's that. So I get it, no problem, whatever. Like I'm, I'm gonna be okay with it, that's yeah. fine. But the thing that I think is weird is that you've got this guy who literally has the greatest network of trained assassins who cannot hurt you around the globe and on your little cloud station that you've got going on there. And yet for some reason he also has like stormtroopers, you right. know, like, who are they? Right, yeah. Who are who are the guys in the masks? Yeah. Yeah, like why why aren't why isn't it just more widows guarding? Right, you have the you, you have the most highly trained assassins, and then now you've got, got like freelance security guards. Right. Also, it seems like you know specifically that there's like a airborne anti like anti whatever. Antidote, that's yes. the word. Like an airborne antidote. Um that could be employed. And you obviously have like giant face mask things. So like, why don't you just put the widows in the face masks and then they can't breathe it in. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and yes. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway. So. Not the best planning I by, the, by the villain. Right. Perhaps. Okay, so I feel like we've complained for 30 minutes. Well, I, yeah. I did enjoy the movie. I did enjoy I am, the movie. I'm, you know, I'm, I <laughs> did pick it a lot, but I did really enjoy it. I will say, here's a weird thing I noticed is like, Specifically the first and second act, I like really liked. I thought like by the third act, like when they're in sky base mode, basically, mm -hmm. I was like that it started falling apart a little bit. Um, like that, just because the action was like very nonstop and so overwhelming and so violent and so non, there were like the repercussions were so little. 
to any of the characters getting like beat up so horribly. Well, okay, so here's the thing too. So the, I would compare that scene very quickly with the fight scene between Steve and Bucky at the end of Winter Soldier, where I think quite literally they're fighting inside of a crashing sky tower of yeah, some kind. Yeah, sure, yeah. Right? But what you have with them, with, with Bucky and Steve is that by the way their characters were created, they are both super soldiers. Yeah. And so it's like the fact that they could fall from the sky in a space station and survive it is sort of like maybe slightly in keeping with the parameters established mm. around both of those characters. But like the whole thing with Nat is that she is a highly trained human being, but like she doesn't have a superpower. Right. So like don't make the final scene a superhero scene because like it's like it's like she's not a superhero, but they still put her in a superhero environment and expect you to just assume that this is like all hunky dory. It's like, yeah, yeah. Like, like you know, I can believe she can take more of a beating than most people. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But like, I think put it to scale, you know, like put her in a situation that makes sense with with everything else, mm -hmm. you know? Cause it, it seemed like basically what I would say is most of the, like let her be a secret agent at the end. Like let her use her ability to be sly right. and, and secretive as the superpower, as the superpower yeah. because, instead of just like punch. Yeah, because it's like, I think you're right. Like when you think about the fight between Steve and Bucky, it's like the fight sequence itself is cool and the choreography is great, but like what makes their scene great isn't the action and the fall, you know, the environment surrounding, like that's creating like tension, but like what makes the fight great is the relationship. Like is everything that's happening behind the punches. Yes. It's like, it's like Steve is trying so hard to break through to Bucky and like not hurt him. And it's like, it's like, mm, is he going to get there? Like there's a lot happening behind the scenes. Right. You know, whereas like when Taskmaster is just like falling after Nat in the sky, you're like, well, I mean, first of all, you know Nat's not gonna die because she's gonna, you know, when she dies. <laughs> right. But like, there's not like a lot of, there's not like a lot of tension. It's like, I know to me, it's like, it's like it, I'm gonna compare it to like in Star Wars where it's like Obi-Wan versus Vader in A New Hope. Like, not lightsaber fight, not much choreography, just kind of two old guys waving sticks at each other. But it's like a much better fight to me than Anakin versus Obi-Wan in Revenge of the Sith. Like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it's like that's like a 30-minute fight. It's crazy, lightsabers are jumping, there's lava, the everything's collapsing around them, but it's like it's like you're missing the point. Like everything that's being unspoken between old Ben and Vader is like making that fight like there's a lot happening. Here. Right, yeah, and, and yeah. this is the thing that I wish I wish these these movies would maybe depart from. And I think it's why I struggled at times with with uh Falcon and the Winter Soldier, is that like we we get explosions and gunfire and helicarriers and fighter pilots and, and all that type of stuff. Like we've seen the explosions, we've seen all the action, like, but like action by itself is kind of boring. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, what you really want to see is the story unfold. Like, right. What you want to understand is the motivations behind these characters and like what they're doing and why they're doing them and do it through like dialogue or visual storytelling or tension or like no win situations or like there are other pathways in my mind than like boom, bang, pow. Right, yeah. And and I think that that's what I would prefer to see. Right. And I feel like with, with like WandaVision, for example, I would say was spectacular with that. Yeah. 
like not like not relying on that type of stuff. And then the finale fight basically is that type of stuff. And I would say that's when I got bored, <laughs> you know? So it's like, yeah, it's not like there's not ways to do it though. Cause like, you know, like if you want to, um, like in black Panther or something, when they're doing that, like big fight by the waterfall, mm-hmm. you know, it's like the, what's, you know, the fight, the, the, the choreography and the fighting is very cool. Um, but like it's exciting because it's like it, whoever loses it, like whoever wins is king. Oh, yeah, there's stakes. Yeah, there's stakes. You Extremely know what the stakes, stakes. are. Yeah. yeah. But that's I mean, that's one of the things that I've always applauded Black Panther for is getting you to understand the culture of these people to the point where you like you get it. You're like, oh man. Yeah. Like, like this what's is the investment here. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Um Ooh, I will say though, on the on the action front, I thought it was really fun watching Taskmaster fight and like swap between like the various superheroes. Yes. At like a, cool. on like a, like, you know, going between like Bucky and then Black Panther and then Spider-Man and then Cap. And you're like, like, not only was it fun to watch, but it was like amazing to me, like how obvious the switches were. Yes. You're like, whoa. Like, cause like, you're not like, man, everyone's fighting style is so distinct that it's this obvious. That you can tell yeah, just it's purely like, based on like, like, yeah. Bravo to the, whoever's choreographing all the uniqueness of the fighting styles. Cause like when it's all being done by one character in sequence, I was like, oh, that was cool. Right, right, right. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I know, I know who that is. I yeah. know who that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, it does work, it does work. Yeah. So, okay. The things that I liked about this movie. Yeah. If we can get there. Okay. Um, would be, I, I did, very much like the use of humor throughout the movie and and sort of how it was used and especially like the banter between uh, Natasha and Yelena. Yeah. Like even like the conversation about the vest is kind of like one of those things where um, it's like, it would never occur to you to think this is the first thing I ever bought for myself. Right. Is, is like, and it's like, and that is such a badge of honor for her. Right. Like it's significant. Yeah. And it, but it's it's like they chose such a funny Army thing surplus. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so okay, but so and on that note, so like the thing is is that uh, Natasha does wear it during Infinity War. Yeah. Is the vest. But I still think that this is a situation where barring changing the end credit scene of the movie a little bit, I still think you could take Black Widow and put it between Civil War and Infinity War. And then when you see the vest in Infinity War, you're like, oh my gosh, she's wearing the vest. Like, that's so cool. Mm. And it's really cool if you already know about the vest when you see it later. It's not that cool discovering the vest and then going back and seeing that it was incorporated. Oh, right. And not really having known like, uh, yeah. why it was relevant at the time. It's like learning how Han Solo got his last name. You're like, I don't, whatever. Yeah, it's like, it's not, it's, that, it's, that was not an origin story I needed. Right, um, yeah. Like yeah. maybe if I saw him get his name first and then watched A New Hope and you're like, hey, Han Solo. Right, yeah, right, right. Maybe, yes. I don't know. Yeah, but that's a good point. Doesn't matter. So, okay, what did you like about the movie? I was able to get the vest. You got the vest. I like, okay, this is what I thought was weird. I really like the first like two acts where like one when they're kids and like escaping and then like when they're rescuing Alexi from the prison and stuff. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the relationship between Nat and Yelena throughout weirdly like the beginning scene it was so weird because it was like it was very engaging it goes on for a while it's like it does. like 10 15 minutes yep and it was like that was a really well done part and it was like maybe like one of my more favorite parts of the movie and i was like weirdly like scarlett johansson isn't even in this section i know you know yeah, it was like yeah. like the movie is about her and she's like the star and they spend a lot of time getting to her again and then it was like that was it's weird that this part was so much better 
I thought. I thought the yeah, and especially the the girl who's playing um, young Nat. The scene where she like disarms the guy on like the runway after they've like made it out of Ohio yeah. or whatever, I thought was like super cool. Yeah. Like you're like, whoa, like this little kid is that real deal. Yeah. And I mean, also incredibly lethal. All right. One one final thought here. Maybe not necessarily like a, like a liked it, didn't like it, but something I thought like the movie maybe just suffered from, not necessarily, but to its by its own fault or anything, was that like um, Beth, my wife, came to see the movie with us. And she kept, I like, have, was having trouble knowing how much of Nat's story she was, like, already supposed to know. Because I think, like, okay. this is, I think, the, what, seventh or eighth movie Black Widow has appeared in. Okay. But, you know, we've never had a full movie about it. So it's like, but she's been in seven movies. So there's plenty to know about the character. Right. But... Unless you are, like, really familiar with all of those movies. Like, you know, like we are, of course, because this is, like, all we do all day. Right. But, like, to someone who has just been sort of, like, seeing this character pop up over and over for the last 11 years, like, it's easy to think maybe I missed something. Especially because this is a character whose background is almost, like, intentionally mysterious. It's true. Yeah. It's like, she was like, you know, like, are you supposed to know what happened in Budapest? Like, is that supposed to be something? And I was like, no, no, this is like a final payoff because they mentioned it like three times, like over, you know, an Age of Ultron. And it's like, she's like, was I supposed to know what the red, what the red room was? And I was like, oh yeah, no, that was in Age of Ultron when Wanda touched her head and you saw some flashbacks to some ballerina school when she was a kid. They haven't really brought it up since then, but it's like, you know, you're like asking the audience to remember random scenes from six years ago kind of stuff. Um, sure, 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 sure. And, and then that kind of becomes that discussion of, yeah, like how much homework were you supposed to do coming right. into the coming into the movie and, and yeah. being aware of like Nat's full history. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I could I could see that being potentially. I mean, it's always hard when you don't have the perspective, like when everything made sense to you. Yeah. It's, it's hard to like step outside of that and, and see it through the other lens. But I could understand where a lot of those questions would, would certainly come from. So that's interesting. Um, on the whole, if I were to sort of like sum it up in a big way is basically, I think my sentiment about it is that I thought it was a very entertaining movie. Like yeah. I very much enjoyed going. It was kind of like the type of thing. It was like fun to like eat popcorn and watch it and sit in the movie theater. Uh, it, it was it was cool, engaging, the characters were funny, all the rest. I think that a lot of the uh, like lines that I would draw that kind of go beyond just the, the film itself is where I think things get real squiggly a sure. little bit uh, and it breaks apart. And I, and I think that there are certain things that just, yeah, like they don't totally make sense to me or, or weren't well enough explained where you were like, oh, okay, like that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. that's how they never found them. Right. Um, so that's that's basically where I left it. I, I really thought that Marvel had some type of like ace ace in their hand that they couldn't wait to show us that was going to like completely mind bend us in terms of how we see like Nat's character, how it affects the way that she dies. Like how learning the news of her father in in Endgame, like being named Ivan, is relevant in some capacity. Um, So I think that I wanted, I wanted the ramifications outside of the movie to be more significant. And I think that otherwise, that it basically just should have existed between Civil War and Infinity War. Mm. And it would have been fine. You know, right. it, it would have been an installment. It would have been a superhero movie. Right. 
but the fact that it was it was like so oddly placed that it was after the fact that it's it's just the, the belief that you're learning something else about the world by going like by revisiting right um so that's where i was at i gave it a a, a six out of ten a six out of ten Okay. Or I guess a 60. A six. Wow. Six, so whew, it's going to be pretty. I was, the number that I kept coming back to was uh, 78. Ooh. So there you go. 7.8 out of 10. 7.8 out of 10. Okay. If you will. That just like based on my enjoyment of the movie. Yeah. There yeah. You go. It doesn't feel like we just gave a 7.8 review though, does it? Well, I don't know. I feel like sometimes we're pretty generous with our numbers. There, there maybe, is that. I, I always think maybe I'm a little more generous than you. Uh, maybe, maybe I've grown critical in my yeah, old age. Mm, yeah. All right, guys. Uh, for our question <coughs> of the day, of course, it is: What did you think? Were there any of the things that we had that we fussed about that you think uh, we're being too critical of? Is there anything that you noticed about the movie that we didn't talk about that you might have more questions about? Uh, be sure to let us know all of your thoughts in the towel section down below. Absolutely. And don't forget to like this video if you haven't already. If you want to see some more Marvel action from us, like how was Hela able to hold the hammer in Thor Ragnarok? You can check out this video right here. But otherwise, until next time, bye. bye.